behind you for over a year. It's an honor to meet the Wolverine. That's not who I am anymore. For many years, I have wanted to thank you for saving my life. But I didn't send for you only to thank you, Logan. I wanted to repay you. A gift to equal the life you gave me. You have struggled long enough. I can end your eternity. Make you mortal. Welcome to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Jeremy. My name's Adam. And because I'm doing the intro, you know that we're not covering a comic book this time. No, sir. What does that mean we're doing? We're going to cover a movie, probably, right? What movie are we talking about? Did I go see this yet? I hope so. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot of me talking about it and you just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Boy, I wish you wouldn't have told me about that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did you get a sneak preview of Days of Future Past? I wish. No, <laughs> I didn't. Um, we're going to talk about The Wolverine. The Wolverine, huh? The Wolverine. Which... <laughs> you may recognize as a movie that is currently playing at your nearest movie theater. Indeed, it just opened on Friday, and it is. we are recording this on Tuesday. So there you go. We're timely this time, I, I think. I guess, I don't know if we were timely last time, but uh, I guess spoilers ahead, matey. So if you haven't seen The Wolverine, you should probably put this podcast on the back burner and uh, put it on when you want to hear what we have to say about The Wolverine. Right on, because we're giving everything away. Oh, yes. We're going to tell you everything. At the end of the movie, the Wolverine dies. It's true. <laughs> I was shocked. I yes. not see that coming. Neither did I. I was like, well, how are they going to do this Days of Future Past thing? Like, This is going to be really weird. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, there was a really odd uh, love scene between him and James Marsden, which I didn't really appreciate. I didn't quite understand why they put that in there, but... You know. It was strange because, as we know, he's dead, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, it must have been just some sort of crazy dream sequence or alternate <laughs> universe thing. I don't know, but I, I was a little unnerved. So let's talk about Wolverine Origins before we start, shall we? Absolutely. Let's do that. Boy, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I think we've mentioned it a few times on this podcast, but I don't. We never actually did an official like X Men Origins Wolverine podcast. Is that because that movie came up before we started podcasting? Yes, it did. Okay, so I mean, my recollection of X Men Origins Wolverine was liking the beginning of it, as we see uh, basically the excerpt from the Wolverine Origin comic book. Him as a young kid, and him popping his uh, bony claws and. All of that sort of stuff. And then the scene, I think it's a credit scene, isn't it, where it's him and Sabretooth kind of running through the wars? Yep, the opening credits. Yeah, I really like that scene a lot. And then it kind of went downhill. It had so much potential. They cast What's-His-Face uh, oh, as Leif, Sabretooth. Leave Schreiber. Leave Schreiber, and he was really good. Yep. And, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman is great. And, mm -hmm. and even, you know... 
uh, what's his face as Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds was acceptable. And then they went and changed up Deadpool into some weird thing. It just became kind of a let's fit in as many characters as we can sort of deal. And right. It just, there was too much going on. We kind of forgot about Wolverine. Yeah. It and... was, well, it's like they were trying to make uh, an X-Men movie without the X-Men, right? They wanted a team of mutants to fight more mutants, it seemed. Powers, powers, powers. Right. They like the name brand Wolverine, but they're afraid to give him his own full movie. I guess, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I thought that they wasted the blob. Uh, I thought his makeup effects were just terrible. <laughs> um, who else? Gambit got squandered, I thought. Yeah, Gambit was not so hot. Uh, who else was in there? There was uh, there was the black guy, the black-eyed pea guy who teleported. I don't remember who he was supposed to be. I liked his character, but I didn't know how he fit into the whole thing. And then... Uh, and what, then we had Silver Fox, Wolverine's love interest, one of many throughout the years. Yeah, but, okay, so in comics, what is Silver Fox? Has she got powers? No, she's just somebody that Wolverine falls in love with and Sabretooth kills. Oh. She may or may not come back in the comic series because everybody comes back, so <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't remember her coming back. Okay. So she she wasn't like a like a ninja or anything? I mean, with a name like Silver Fox, you'd kind of think it would be. No, she was Indian, so it was her Indian name. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, I mean, I like the period piece version of Wolverine, kind of how it was taking place in the 70s, sort of. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, you know, when they get those cars out and they put the, the tight jeans on and uh, they just look all 70s-like, I think it's kind of neat. But uh, other than that, yeah, yeah, kind of a letdown. Kind of a big letdown. How did that movie end? Let's see. It ended with Wolverine getting shot in the head with an adamantium bullet, which caused him uh, to lose his memory. I forgot all about that. So, like, the whole idea of that movie was to, like, do a bunch of stuff, get Wolverine into the Weapon X laboratory, infuse him with adamantium to set him free so that you could kind of, like, reset him. So he didn't remember the Blob and Gambit and all those people, and you set him up to immediately go into X-Men. If you right. if you wanted to, which I thought was terrible because, I mean, when they announced that they're going to do a Wolverine movie, to me it seems just logical that it's going to be a trilogy. Maybe that's really? not. That? I don't know. Maybe that's not what they planned, but I mean, he's a popular character. They got the right people involved, or I mean, I guess at least they got Hugh Jackman involved, and yeah, I don't know. He was. I don't know. It just seems like it's a logical choice to have three Wolverine movies. There's plenty of stories to draw from. Uh, plenty of time. I mean, if this movie's taking place in the 70s, you could have this movie take place. You could have another movie take place a little bit later on. And then you could do, like, the miniseries thing. And then, then you do, like, him. Or maybe you never even do the whole adamantium thing. And you just leave that as flashbacks as they were in X-Men 2. And you just, you just leave it that way. Yeah, well, for a movie called X-Men Origins Wolverine, I guess you kind of have to at least show something. I suppose. And Wolverine, at this point in his uh, storied career, has essentially two origins, which is one Bone Claws child story right. from origin, mm -hmm. and two, the Weapon X adamantium grafting thing from Marvel 
Tales or whatever right. that comic was. Maybe they. I wish that they would maybe have just taken that whole Barry Windsor Smith story and just been like, okay, here's your storyboard. Just make this. That would have been awesome. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe they're just worried about audience appeal. I mean, obviously they draw probably 200,000 comic book fans, but obviously they want to sell a couple million tickets, right? So, you know, as I was thinking about this new movie that just came out, I was trying to think of what are the really good Wolverine stories. And I really couldn't think of anything. But, I mean, other than, like, the the limited series, the four-issue limited series mm-hmm. by Frank Miller and uh, Chris Claremont, and uh, now that you mentioned it, the Barry Windsor Smith is definitely one. That would have been an interesting choice. Uh, it definitely would have been a more artistic kind of less Hollywood-esque thing, I think. But that's probably why they didn't do it. Well, agreed. I mean, because there's, there's – I mean, the bad guy is just like the doctor, right? And it's just Wolverine dealing with himself turning into adamantium Wolverine, right? Right. It's been a while since I've read that series. Uh, you know, there's some good stories within the X-Men line, but I, you're the you're the Wolverine fan. You you you're the expert, not me. I can't really think of anything that is like particularly, uh, except for like some Mark Miller stuff that was kind of good, the uh, Old Man Logan, but they wouldn't make that into a movie. Um, and then the other one he did, where Wolverine gets killed and and brought back to life by the hand. Mm. Yeah, um, that's what I can think of. There's probably more, and I'm just forgetting them. I, I forgot, I forgot about the one that you mentioned, the Barry Windsor Smith one as well. So I'm sure they exist. I just, I just can't think of what they are. So at the end of X Men Origins Wolverine, uh, he's shot with the adamantium bullet. He, what is that? That's actually kind of like two thirds of the way through, because then he meets like. We get the origin of his jacket, and he gets right. like the son's motorcycle. So we're like, oh, I just all these things that are just kind of needless. Like we don't need to see this, and it's just kind of cheesy that you're throwing him in there. Um, and then he fights Deadpool, and what Deadpool falls into a smokestack or something, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. And, and I just thought the choice of Deadpool as a uh, villain in this was probably just to satisfy the fans maybe well i i mean there is sort of a connection there because they both come from the weapon x program and i think that's what they were trying to touch upon but okay yeah it was kind of weird it i think it was mainly fan service deadpool is popular so let's throw deadpool in a movie yeah but so i don't really understand deadpool when when was he introduced in X-Force number two, I think. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I have that issue. And was he like all cocky and cracking jokes and doing stupid stuff? Or was he just like a badass? I think, you know, I don't really know. I, he definitely wasn't the character that they have nowadays where he breaks the fourth wall and actually realizes that he's in a comic book. Yeah. But he I, he was probably a badass. Yeah, okay. Because it was Rob Liefeld. Yeah. Yeah. He probably had a lot more pouches than he does now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyways, uh, so that happens, and then uh, Cyclops gets rescued rescued by the Professor, which also introduces another weird time anomaly, because in the 50s, he's um, James McAvoy, a nice young guy with hair, and then 20 years later, he's bald in his wheelchair. 
I guess we know why he's in his wheelchair, but it seems like an incredible age difference. But that's me just being super nitpicky. But it also makes Cyclops pretty old, doesn't it? It's very confusing. Because I guess maybe they're just trying to ground the X-Men series in like the year 2000-ish. Because that's when the first X-Men came out, wasn't it? I almost feel like Wolverine X-Men Origins didn't really, like they're not including it. You don't think so? I don't know, because it has uh, a young version of Emma Frost. Right. And we know Emma Frost is in first class as the older version. Wait, there was a young Emma Frost in X-Men Origins? I, yeah, I believe so. It's one of the uh, one of the prisoners that Weapon X is holding that Cyclops rescues. Oh, God, jeez. I forgot all about that. Uh, I guess I'm going to take your word for it. You might be right. Um, I think so. Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Well, there's a lot of things that don't quite seem to fit in with the X-Men lore. I mean, let's let's talk really quickly about the Beast, for example. So you have young Beast in uh, first class, and then you've got older Beast, which, fine, maybe part of his mutation makes him age slower or what have you. But smack in the middle of that, you've got a guy named Hank McCoy who's a mutant genetics specialist who is on television in the background of one of the shots. Well, that can be explained by he borrowed Nightcrawler's uh, whatever they call that thing. Image inducer. Either that or he was really good at making rubber masks at that point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's got to be what it was. Well, and then the other anomaly that we saw was that in X3, there was a black dude who portrayed a dude named Trask. But we don't know who that was. He's just a guy named Trask. Maybe that was his first name. I don't know, man. Maybe his name was Trask Bolivar. <laughs> no, maybe he was adopted. No relation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so maybe that was Larry Trask, but in, in this X universe, Larry Trask is an adopted black boy. Right. Okay. Fine, fine, fine. I guess you can explain but away anything you, with... Con do you remember what the part of Trask was in X3? He was just like a... Like an aide or a security guy, wasn't he? Maybe his name just happened to be Trask, and it was—it's a big coincidence. He was uh, like—I I thought he was some somewhere involved with like the the anti-mutant guy who had the serum or whatever that was making non-mutants. And I thought it was just like they, they leaned over and they're like, "What do you think, Trask?" And he's like, "Oh, I think it's a good idea." And you're like, "Oh, that's that's Trask. Oh, the next movie's gonna have Sentinels. I just know it." <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's the problem with these X movies is they try to shove too much stuff in there. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that I guess, you know, when when it comes to the movies, you want to – I want to believe anyways that there is a grand plan as to what they're going to do. Like we're going to do this, we're going to set up that, and then we're going to, we're going to nail it home here. But the reality is – not every movie gets turned into a serial or a trilogy or something. So I think they try to cram it all. I mean, yeah, you try to cram it all into one, unless you're, you're greenlit for your like Lord of the Rings type movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that when X-Men came out, they're like, well, I don't know. Like if this works, maybe we'll make a second one. Like I read an article somewhere that said that it wasn't until Star Trek five that they realized that they were just going to keep making Star Trek films. Like the first four, 
they're like, I don't know, this might be the last one. We'll have to see what the returns are. <laughs> that was definitely a different era. Yes, exactly. They've already got like the fourth Spider Amazing Spider-Man bland. <laughs> That's funny. Like with the James Garfield guy or whatever yeah. his name is. Really crazy. So anyhow, and then uh, at the end of uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, you get the little teaser thing at the end of the trailers where you see Wolverine drinking a drink in a Japanese bar and you go, oh, oh, isn't that how it went? Well, there's three. There were actually three teasers and it depended on which theater you oh, went into. Okay. There was, there was one where Deadpool comes back to life. I didn't, um, I didn't see that one. There was one that you spoke of where Wolverine's in Japan. And there was a third one, which I don't remember. Okay. They're all online, though. Oh, okay. YouTube. There you go. So, then along comes the Wolverine. And this one takes place directly after the events of X3. Which I had no idea. I don't think... I don't think I even ever watched a trailer for the Wolverine, to be honest. Maybe really? I did. Like maybe I did like a year ago or something. But hmm. I had no idea like where in continuity this film was going to take place. I didn't either, and I did watch the trailers. <laughs> okay, so like you know, you start off the movie. He's he's in near Hiroshima, Yagasaki, uh, Hiroshima, <laughs> Nagasaki. Jeez. And uh, he's a prisoner of war, and the bomb's going to go off. And I thought that whole scene was kind of neat and nifty and everything. Uh, and then you flip over to him, like, laying in bed with Gene. And I was like, is this before or after X3? <laughs> is this <laughs> is this before or after the first X-Men? Like, there's nothing really that... I mean, I guess it, it challenges a little bit of your intellect. You have to kind of, like, work it out for yourself. But Well, what they were attempting to do, I think, is exactly what X-Men Origins did not do and give Wolverine an actual story arc in which he starts out one way and he ends up another way. Okay. Which so, I think they succeeded at. Uh, but they, uh, he starts out, he's upset by the whole death of Jean Grey post oh, right. X3. Right. And he's a, he's a broken man. He killed the woman he loved. Yeah, so this I didn't care for. <laughs> I didn't care for the Jean Grey scenes either, but... At least it provided an arc. I I could have done I could have done without the the scenes of him waking up in bed with Jean Grey like throughout the movie. There was that, but there was the whole broken Wolverine thing I didn't really care for, where he's like all hairy and homeless and living in Canada or wherever the heck he is. Like oh, I like that. I mean, it it provides, like I said, it provides a character arc. I suppose you have to have something happen in these movies. You have to have some change. You have to have. Yeah, I know. I mean, I guess you don't really have to, but it helps you. It helps you identify with the character if he has to grow out of something. We all grow with him, and maybe we learn a little something about ourselves at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But for me, none of that really happened because I just I was emotionally detached from his like original broken hairy man in the woods protecting bears and stuff like I'm like can we just can we get to something now can we do something and you know the whole scene where he's in the bar and he stabs the guy in the hand with the arrow and the poison thing I'm like can we are we done with this now well 
as they as we went into this movie, we were being told that this was the adaptation of Wolverine the Limited series. Okay, did that happen? More or less. Did that happen in Wolverine the Limited series? The scene with the bear happened in the Wolverine Limited series. It was a little bit different. Well, then. But essentially the same thing. A hunter shoots a bear with an arrow that is poisoned. The bear goes crazy, kills a bunch of people. Wolverine has to kill the bear and goes into town to kill the, uh, or uh, not kill the, the, uh, the, the hunters, but he, he, he Conf- threatens them. Yeah, tracks him down, confronts him. So you said that this movie wasn't based on the miniseries. Maybe I should have. That's, that's it <laughs> oh maybe. other than that the only thing that takes place that's like similar to the miniseries is takes place in japan mm-hmm. features characters from the miniseries and that's it okay so the bear saying aside then i can forgive that and it's my own um, uh, unlearnedness that that i'm criticizing like i should have read the well, miniseries no, i mean it's interesting as, as someone unfamiliar with the miniseries then maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't make sense maybe Maybe without that knowledge, maybe it was too much fan service. I don't know. I I don't know. It didn't work for you. It didn't work for you. It didn't really work for me. And then, of course, but I think maybe it's just how it was edited together. Like we went from Wolverine in the bomb shelter or the prison, what, wherever he was, to this bear scene, to Jean Grey, whose boobs are like hanging out of her bras. And it's like, this is the only reason this scene is in here so that we can get some... <laughs> Uh, Famke Jansen cleavage. Like I could have done with, I could have done that without a lot of that. It was just, it was really slow paced. I would have lost the Famke Jansen scenes as well. I mean, I guess they serve to connect it to X3, but I mean, I could have just gone with some dialogue. Oh, I really miss Gene. <laughs> I, yeah, something like maybe he could have like been talking to himself and, and we didn't flip to him laying into bed because I get it. Like in the movies, he's got a crush on her. He's got the Florence Nightingale syndrome because she was the first face he saw when he came to an X one, but there's nothing that happened in any of those movies that tells you like, Oh, these two are star crossed lovers and they should be together. And that Cyclops is just in the way. Like, you don't, that doesn't exist. I, I agree with you. And doesn't even, okay. There's a couple scenes that I, I, I recall happening. Uh, doesn't at the end of X2 Wolverine say something to Scott Summers like, she loves you, man. Yeah. You won. You won. You win. Yeah, something like that. But then at the end of X3, just before uh, he guts Jean Grey, doesn't she say like, I love you, Wolverine? I don't remember. Probably. I don't know. At any rate, yes. I agree with you. It kind of makes Wolverine a sad, pathetic man. I think she might have said like, it was always you or something like that. But still, that that doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. But yes, you're right. So anyways, all of that said, and then we, we go to Japan. Uh, the plot basically is that the guy that he saved in uh, Hiroshima is dying now in the future and, and would like to uh, give his final thanks to Wolverine. So they go to Japan. Hooray, we're finally in Japan. Yay. And that's where we meet Mariko and Yukio, who... Seem like they're completely rewritten. They well, Mariko is essentially the same. Was but in this movie, Mariko Mariko was um, that guy's direct daughter. Uh, no, Mariko is Shingen's daughter. Right. Uh, Yoshida is the grandfather 
I don't even think the grandfather is in the limited series. Okay. But he might show up later. But Shingen is. And but the, he's kind of different. And the names, I was I was losing track of who was who. And then Yukio in this movie was an adopted friend or something like that. Right, which she's in the series. She's an assassin, more or less. Um, yeah. I forget who she works really? for. Really? But... Oh, I thought, which one of those becomes Lady Deathstrike? None of them. Who becomes Lady Deathstrike? That's somebody else. No. Yeah. Nobody mm. becomes Lady Deathstrike. Are you Googling? Yeah. <laughs> it's Mariko becomes Lady Deathstrike. No, Mariko. 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 I'm, sp- I'm going to mispronounce it wrong. The fact that we're mispronouncing it doesn't matter because it gets pronounced... 50 different ways in the movie. In fact, I was really annoyed with Hugh Jackman apparently can't say Mariko or Mariko because he's always saying like Matsuko or something like that. I hated his pronunciation <laughs> of it. The same with Yakuza. It was like Yakuza, Yakuza, Yakuza. Uh, it was Yuriko. Yuriko Oyama was born in Osaka, Japan. Her father was Dark Lord Wind, Japanese crime lord, blah, 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 blah. I was so confused that whole time. Yeah, none of those people. I, okay. They they kind of turned Yukio into essentially like a, the 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 Kitty Pride to to Wolverine character, which has been totally. I did I did like that a lot because that's been lacking this relationship that Wolverine has to you know kids. Right. He's always got like a a female sidekick who like looks up to him and respects him and he treats like a father figure. And I feel like they finally added that into the, the story with, with Yukio, which is a complete rewrite of Yukio's character, but yeah. I didn't mind so much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because like Yukio was just like her or his chum while uh, Mariko was his love interest. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I thought in Yukio the, was in the limited series. Yukio is also in love with Wolverine, and after he loses Mariko, he starts toying off with uh, Yukio. Yeah, and I thought uh, in the movie it was kind of hinted that Yukio had a thing for Logan as well. Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't detect that. But I thought like one of the maybe. fathers was like, he's dangerous, or uh, I don't know, something like that. Or you he care was for him. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he gets to Japan, and it's all kind of a blur as to what happens. I mean, I guess somebody's after Mariko, and then he protects her, and then they make love, and then she's kidnapped, and then he and Yukio go find her. And Yukio's kind of like a ninja, sort of. I don't know. Yeah. It's all very, like... There's a lot of action. Like it was, it's okay. So maybe I'm I'm fickle here, but it started out like really slow, and then as soon as you got to Japan, like it was like really fast, <laughs> and then and then Silver Samurai came out. <laughs> That's kind of how I remember it. Well, which Silver Samurai? Because in the comic, Harada, the guy who is the head of the ninjas, is Silver Samurai. In this movie, Silver Samurai is a giant Silver Samurai. Yeah, but it wasn't Grandpa in the Silver Samurai armor? Well, yes. It, it is revealed <laughs> at the end that Grandpa Yoshida is in the Silver Samurai uh, uh, 
armor, which was, by the way, totally predictable. Well, yes, obviously. Uh, now, Yashida, isn't that the same last name as Sunfire? So are they hinting that there was a Sunfire connection here? Or no? Did I just make that on my own? I don't think there is. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. But maybe. I don't think so, though. So the giant silver, I mean, are we at that point yet? Is there anything else you wanted to cover in the middle that I kind of glossed over? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I just, you know, I watched it at a drive-in, and it was the second of a double feature, so I was getting a little sleepy. So I, I may have actually nodded off during some of these fight scenes. <laughs> Uh, but then I think when Shin or Grandpa came out, I was like, "Oh, I'm, it's me! Remember me?" Uh, then I was like, "Oh, I guess I better watch the rest of this movie." And there's two things I've learned here. There's well, actually, one thing I've learned. There is one way to slice through adamantium, and that is if you superheat another source of adamantium and use that to cut the other adamantium. Yeah, I hated that. Really, <laughs> I hated it. So for those of you who aren't going to watch the movie uh, or just are curious what I'm saying, like the Silver Samurai heats up his adamantium sword and cuts off Wolverine's claws. Hmm. His, I think, I think it was his left hand claws. Well, eventually he gets both of them. So. And then eventually his right hand claws are cut off, and I'm like, oh come on, you can't, you can't cut his claws off. That's what makes Wolverine Wolverine. I was kind of cool. I thought it was cool that they did that. That was one of the things that I liked was that they they did something that kind of has never been done before. Ugh. I mean, by the end of the movie, he has bone claws. He grows his claws back. I guess that's part of his healing factor. But sure, I, I, I like the fact that they cut off his claws. It was like, yeah, yeah. cool. No, Wolverine is his claws. Exactly. That's what made it interesting was when you cut off the claws, he's no longer Wolverine. So what are they, where are they going to go from there? I don't know. But they decided to bring him back the bone claws, which will be interesting. He, he'll have that in the next movie. Ugh. Either that or Magneto will Just... turn his claws to him or something. Welcome, Logan. I can magnetically alter adamantium now. So here you go. Retcon. We're, we're all fine. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> I'll use some of the adamantium from uh, the Silver Surfer. Yeah. So Silver Surfer is entirely made by, out of adamantium, by the way, which I meant Silver Samurai. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah, I don't remember that from Silver Surfer. Yes, Silver Samurai, was complete. his armor was completely made out of adamantium. And throughout the movie, I think they dropped hints like, oh, he was so infatuated with you and your adamantium. He's been hoarding little bits of adamantium all throughout his life. And then right. out comes the giant adamantium Silver Samurai. How does he end up defeating the Silver Samurai or Grandpa? Uh, Mariko his, he grabs his claws that were on the ground and stabs her grandfather in the head Oh, and then slits his throat, which uh, I didn't see coming. Well, I mean, I did and I didn't. This was the problem with the, the movie was that everything was telegraphed a couple scenes in advance. So like... There was no way you would have known that Mariko was going to kill her grandfather, except they cut to a shot of Wolverine's claws. They cut back to Wolverine fighting Silver uh, Samurai. They cut to a shot of Mariko picking up the claws. They cut back to a shot of Wolverine fighting the Silver Samurai. And then you're like, oh, I know what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. Instead, they should have dropped those two shots of Mariko and the claws and just had Mariko show up with the claws and slit grandfather's throat that would have been like whoa <laughs> where'd that come from 
I guess this movie was constantly telegraphing what was going to happen. So like moments before what happened, I always knew what was about to happen, which mm. annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Even from the very beginning of the movie, when you see the whole bomb thing coming up and Wolverine's clawing his way up through the, the bomb tube or the prisoner tube and the other grandpa, I guess is you could just tell, you know, it was going to happen at this point. Uh, at least I didn't. I don't know. I was impressed that Wolverine grew his hair back so quickly after the bomb went off. Yeah. So that's what doesn't jive with the whole long hair thing at the beginning of the thing. So one way I could accept it is that like Wolverine got to this particular point in his body and his growth and everything. And, and now his healing factor keeps him in check or something. Uh, Cause if he can regrow his hair after being bombed like that by an atomic bomb, for God's sakes, that Not would... just his hair, but also his beard and pork chops. Everything. Um, then <laughs> it grows back in exactly the same fashion it was in previously, in the same hairstyle. Like nothing exactly. Uh, that means to me, like he can never change. He can never alter his look because his body is always like, "Ooh, no, 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 we got to fix that." It's like not only that, but later in the movie, he shaves. He, 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 well, right, you're right. So, so why doesn't that grow back? Given what we've learned about the atomic blast in his hair, when he gets his hair cut and his shave, all of it should have immediately come back. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that scene was stupid, too, when Wolverine was being given the bath. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, I mean, it was kind of kooky. And he's silly, slipping but... around. He's like, oh, I, I can get that part myself. And you see a, a little bit of Hugh Jackman butt. It's like, come on. This is this is Wolverine. He doesn't let people bathe him. There, There was a lot of humor injected into the first half of the film that I felt didn't really work. What was another humorous scene? I just feel like there were all these like little, uh, comedy bits really? and they were all like a couple of seconds long. Like Wolverine would say something stupid, like blah, 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 Bob. And, and it was like a, a one liner that was supposed to be funny, but oh. it really wasn't. I just remember being annoyed by all the little, like, I was yelling at the film in my head, make up your mind. What do you want to be serious or funny? Well, but eventually they dropped that. I thought, I thought in X-Men one, they pulled it off pretty well. I mean, it was an, well, right. Yeah. In X-Men one and they, they, it's, they can pull that off. I mean, yeah, Star okay. Trek yeah, yeah. has been classic for pulling that off. You're but... a serious action flick and every now and then you put in a well-placed joke to relieve some tension or you exactly. Know, it just didn't work in this movie for some reason. It was, it was bothersome. So then at the, uh, so Silver Samurai's dead, Wolverine doesn't have any claws, and what happens? Oh, and then he gets on a plane and heads back to America. And Yukio and comes Yukio with him. And then Yukio says, I'm going to be your bodyguard forever until the next scene, where she conveniently disappears. Well, the next scene after the credits says two years later. But, I mean, this could potentially set up the sequel, which could be your Kitty Pride and Wolverine, but I kind of doubt it. I really hope that, Yukio is in Days of Future Past. Yeah, how? Oh, I mean, she, she's not a mutant. Even if she just has a cameo. You liked her? I just like Wolverine having a little buddy. Maybe. I know, they already used Jubilee, didn't they? Yeah, they already used Jubilee. They already used Kitty Pride. All that's left is, like, armor. I don't know who that is. That's from Astonishing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember armor. But they could just have it be Yukio in the movie movie verse. I don't know. It seems like it needs to be some sort of a mutant who's just finding their power or something. 
But yeah, I, I, I agree. it was Rogue in the first one, wasn't it? Yes, yes, Rogue was his little counterpart. So, I mean, that really to me brought us to the best part of the film, which was right after the credits. I would agree. <laughs> and we got the little teaser where Logan's two years later walking into the airport. You see a little TV screen down below where it says Trask Industries, blah, 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 blah. And right there, like, if they would have cut to the rest of the credits, it would have been like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so good. But then they even went further. And I was like, oh, my God. This teaser's never going to end. Because <laughs> just that little blurb alone would have been enough for me to go home and be like, I can't wait for that next movie. And he's all uh, Wolverine, so he decides to opt out of the metal detector. <laughs> and they, they're like, he's opting out. And then the metal around starts to shake and move, and Wolverine turns around, and there's Ian McKellen. Oh, my God, he's got his powers back. It's Magneto. Who knew? And he says, Wolverine, there are tough times coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh... And that's when it's also revealed that, of course, Wolverine would never take Magneto's word for dangerous times up coming. And that's when Professor Xavier, played by Patrick Stewart, rolls on out. Well, actually, and that was... was really well done because, like, yes. as he's talking to Magneto, people are starting to approach them from behind, and everybody freezes. Yes. And you're like, Ooh, how does Magneto do that? Well, I Is he knew... using like his iron power? <laughs> no, I knew. I mean, I I knew what was happening. Like as as everything was freezing, I was like, ooh, 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 just wait for it, wait for it, <laughs> and then sure enough, he rolls out, and like I don't even care what the explanation is. Everybody, right, it, the... there was that that whole moment where Wolverine's like, wait a minute, didn't at the end of X three you lose your you die and you lose your powers? What's going on here? <laughs> Well, he does. He says, you, how can you be here? Yeah, I know. And then he's like, uh, well, he doesn't He doesn't talk to Magneto about that at all. He doesn't care about how he got his powers back. But I'm curious how they're going to write that whole Patrick Stewart coming back. I mean, he does say, like, I told you when I first met you, I have powerful friends. Well, okay. Like, who? And what do they do to you? Because at the <laughs> end of X3, at the end of the credit sequence, he awakens in that vegetable body up by Moira McTaggart and says, Moira, right. hello. I'm sure it'll be a cheesy explanation, but still, I'm psyched. <laughs> I got plastic surgery and I grew this English accent. Welcome me back, <laughs> Logan. It's good to see you, my old friend. Well, good enough for me. Let's go. There is a starship captain out there who happens to look exactly like I do. <laughs> His name's Picard. He'll be like, did I ever tell you about my girlfriend, Lilandra? <laughs> she has the ability to change forms and bodies. And... Oh, that's totally what they could do. They could clone his body and put his soul into his body the same way that Lilandra did. I think, didn't they do that in the X-Men to give him yeah. the use of his legs they back? It. They did that after, yeah, when he started walking again. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> you get Sentinels in this ish, uh, this this movie and you get Shi'ar uh, and uh, yep. Starjammers. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Star Jammers, Jamming the Universe. <laughs> the movie's going to be like five hours long, but I don't care. If they do it right, I'll sit there for every minute of it. And today we saw Sentinels. Woohoo! Traskindustries.com. Ooh. Yep, so there's a little teaser. I think it's the same thing that's actually in the movie, just expanded, because it starts off with that little Trask Industries logo, and then it goes on to show how there's better living through technology or 
solving tomorrow's problems today or something like that. So, um, so what was, what was your final thoughts? What did you think of Wolverine, the, the Wolverine? Oh, I wanted to talk about Days of Future's Past real quick. But, uh, oh, okay. No, Go no, on. no. We'll, we'll, I guess let's wrap this piece up before we kind of uh, do, do a little bit more speculation. Uh, I don't think I liked the Wolverine. See, I have mixed feelings. I, I feel like as a Wolverine fan, this is probably as good as it's going to get, which you, is disappointing. You know, I was thinking about it uh, today, actually, as I was trying to prepare my uh, thoughts for this very podcast. And Wolverine is a pretty iconic character. Uh, probably not as iconic as Spider-Man or Superman, but certainly he's third, right? If you mention comic book people, you say, I want you to make a list of five comic book characters. I bet you Wolverine shows up on four out of five lists. And I, I agree with you, but what is the Wolverine story? Well, but hang on. So, well, yeah, you're right. That's that's a good point. But so being that he is as iconic as Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, that type of level, and you get these pretty good, um, um, how do I want to say it, uh, cinematic representations of Spider-Man and Batman. Now, I haven't seen the latest Superman movie, but I'm told it's not that great. Um, I feel like that effort wasn't given to the Wolverine. No, it feels like a lower budget action film. It did. Like I didn't get like, even in the Batman trilogy that we just got recently, like you had some great cinematography, good lighting, good acting, good action, good pacing, some drama, that type of thing. No matter what you thought about the three movies, elements of those existed across you could tell like these were sweeping films of grand scope and same thing with um the avengers obviously uh and most of the spider-man films but this one i just didn't get that feeling it just kind of felt like it was all over the place i feel like there was a lot of potential that was in, in the beginning when they first started announcing this darren aronofsky was attached and, and that, that would have been awesome. That could have been good. Yeah, yeah. Di- director of Pi, mm-hmm. uh, the wrestler, um, the Fountain. Yep. That other movie that I can't remember the name of. Yeah, the about drugs. All very stylistic looking movies. Very, very pretty. Very, uh, very just very stylish. And that would have been. It would have added a whole different element to this. I feel like some of the dialogue was clunky in this movie. Uh, as well so maybe the script could have used a little touch up you know now that i think i mean i think the problem is like okay so everybody can name wolverine in their list of superheroes or iconic superheroes but for all of those iconic superheroes everybody save wolverine one can name their nemesis or what it is that makes them tick Right. You say Spider-Man and you can come up with two or three villains. Everybody can. Superman, Lex Luthor, Batman, the Joker. But Wolverine, everybody knows who Wolverine is. But you say, who's his enemy? You'd be like, hmm, Omega Red? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, I mean, unless you're a Wolverine fan, then you'd list off your your top three, which they've already used, which is like Sabretooth, Lady Deathstrike. And uh, who would the third one be? I don't even know. There you go, right? And I think maybe that's the problem is it's like, you know, from just 
you know, the comic books, well, the comic books, obviously, but from the TV series, you know what Gotham City is and you know what Metropolis is. And you know that Spider-Man lives in New York, but maybe it's just because they've had Jeremy, decades of exposure. you're forgetting about Canada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am forgetting about Canada. So that's where Wolverine's from. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. The Wolverine really doesn't have a super fleshed out kind of story and that has all of these characters and and they they more or less have kind of I feel like they've been shotgunning these movies and just going from the hip and just figuring it out as they go. Whereas with the Avengers films, they've really planned them out. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, you got the Thanos thing coming up, but you got that out of a teaser. But I mean, if you, I just watched the Avengers again recently and man, it is great when the, when the superheroes interact with each other, it is fantastic. They've got really good dialogue, uh, just really good lighting and, and scenes. But if you look at the whole Loki and his stick and stuff, you're kind of like, well, this is kind of stupid. The whole scene when he's leaving the base and he's like riding on the back of a pickup truck, you're like, oh, this is Loki. Like he is a he is a minor god, and here he is being ferried away on a pickup truck. Like this is not like sweeping at any fashion. It's just like a thug running away from a battle. Uh, but then of course the end battle where like everybody's flying through that big portal and their people are being zapped, buildings are being destroyed. Then you're like, yeah, get them, get them. But really the whole, all that Loki stuff, other than Loki's dialogue, when he's talking and trying to like, uh, goad on the Avengers to like fight amongst each other, it's not very good. <laughs> well, yeah, that opening scene in Avengers was not the hottest. But see, it all works because there's enough awesome to really offset the kind of like yeah i don't know about that whole stick thing and the the pickup truck. maybe that's the problem is that there wasn't enough awesome in this movie there definitely was some awesome um and as a i think as a wolverine fan it's definitely like they they tickle enough to make you kind of like it and they they do a lot of rearranging and and i and i liked the film but i i also feel like i just want i want there to I wanted more ninjas. Let's face it. There were like Wolverine faces off with ninjas and I'm in, I'm sitting and I'm like finally there's going to be some ninja action happening here. Wolverine's going to slice up these ninjas. But no, he gets stabbed in the back with a bunch of arrows, which I believe is like from an iconic cap uh, panel somewhere. But I I couldn't tell you which yeah, one. It seemed like it was choreographed right out of a comic book. If you want some good ninja there action, were no ninjas. I mean, there was no ninja fighting. There were tons of ninjas and no fighting. If you want good ninja action, you got to check out GI Joe Retaliation. I saw GI Joe Retaliation. There there was definitely some <laughs> uh, ninja action for sure. Everything was wrong with that movie except for the awesome side mountain ninja battling. Well, this is a whole other topic because I thought <laughs> I thought if you combined, if you got rid of all the ridiculous elements of GI Joe Retaliation and you got rid of all the ridiculous elements of the first GI Joe movie, you'd be left with a pretty awesome GI Joe movie. There you go, Adam. What you should do is you should make one of those fan edits and cut all the garbage out and combine the two films. Nah, but that's not what I mean, though. I mean you would have to take, like, essentially what I'm saying is you take the costumes from the second movie and the machines and you kind of take 
more of the 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 storyline of the first movie and you combine those elements i'm not saying that if you edited the two together you'd have something awesome so i mean i know this is way off topic but i just, I just gotta get it off my chest uh you know like the whole uh hard master soft master blind master thing was awesome as somebody who's read all of the comic books and knows exactly what i mean they 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 treated it with the loving care that they could do within a two and a half hour movie that also needed to feature bombs and explosions and fist fights. Right. So they had mm -hmm. all the elements like Zartan was actually the killer and storm shadow was set up and, and storm shadow is really a good guy, but he starts off as a bad guy and there's the hard master, the soft master and the blind master and, and, and treachery is a foul and we must get our revenge. But I got to be honest, like somebody who didn't read any of that, Watching that movie must have been like, what the hell is going on with these things? The whole thing was set up in the first movie. Really? It was. And and I didn't remember that either. But the person that I went to go see the movie with, it was like, oh, yeah, that's from the first movie. I just watched it recently. What was from the first uh, movie? I, I felt the exact same thing. It was like, if you didn't know the story going into this, you'd be like, who are all these people? And what, <laughs> what does this have to do with anything? But he was like, oh, yeah, it was all set up in the first movie, the whole hard master getting killed. And then it's revealed. Or what was it? The soft master? One of the two. Huh? It was the hard master. Or no, it was the blind master. I don't remember. Anyway, it gets killed in the first movie and Snake Eyes thinks it's Storm Shadow. And then in the second movie, it's revealed that right. it's Sartan. Well, I mean, that's straight from the comic book. But anyways, oh, right. yeah. uh, blah, blah, blah. Let's get back on the topic here. Uh, Wolverine, I, 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 jeez, I, I don't know. I really want to like it. It's way better than X-Men Origins, I, but I want it to be better, too. There was there was a lot of good out of it, and I, a lot of it was kind of fan service. So I don't know. I, I have trouble rating this one. If I was Mariko and somebody wakes up next to me and unsheathes their claws, I would have been like, excuse me, I'm, I'm going to go sleep over on the couch. Yeah. She was like, no, no, calm down, Wolverine. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I left kind of with the same feeling I left uh, after X-Men 3, which was something must be wrong with me because I really wanted to like this film, and I don't think I did. I left with the feeling that at least it didn't suck. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to rewatch it because... I I can't say that it didn't suck. I <laughs> like I told you I almost fell asleep. Now, granted, it was second film of a double feature, but still, I, I don't know. No. Anyhow, it uh, I don't know what I was. I don't. I guess that's it. Goes back to that whole thing of like, uh, what can you do with Wolverine, and what was I actually expecting? Because I got to be honest, I don't know what I was expecting. I mean. The best stories that I enjoy out of Wolverine are generally with, you know, he's with the X-Men or he's leading the X-Men or he's teaching the X-Men like a survival life lesson type thing. And he's not and solo on his own. Thing. I think you hit the nail on the head. The best Wolverine stories involve the rest of the X-Men. <laughs> and he might be like center stage to the rest of the X-Men, but the rest of the X-Men are there. Right. So, And that's the problem. So let's just uh, move forward uh, for just a few minutes here and do a little bit of Days of Future Past speculating. Now that we got to see the teaser and we got to see X-Men or, or, I mean, we got to see Wolver the Wolverine. Um, I have a theory. Okay. Now, part of it is taken from rumors that have circulated on the Internet that 
uh, Days of Future Past is basically the fix for X-Men 3. Like, if you do Days of Future's Past, then X-Men 3 never actually happened. Everybody's back to life, and we're all happy. I think you add one thing on there, uh, Wolverine's claws come back. That's your theory? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. That's one of my theories. Okay. <laughs> so, like, after everything is said and done, Wolverine pops his claws. He's like, I've got my Adam and Jim claws back. How did that happen? And then the professor ex- explains a uh, time space messing well, with Wolverine. The... I've got powerful friends. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's just, uh, you know, that's just one of my thoughts. But I'm also wondering, like, the way they're setting this thing up to, like, really work in two different time periods. How long do you think this movie is actually going to be? Three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I hope so. Like, if it's a good three hours, I will love every minute of it. But, you know, the way they try to crank these movies out, I mean, I guess lately a lot of these superhero movies have fallen in at the two hours or two hours and 20-minute mark. But, I mean, you have to do all this character establishment. You have to, you know, they have to have, you have to have, like, an opening scene which kind of establishes what everybody has been doing and, and where they are. And then you have to, like, introduce this whole plot of the Sentinels somehow. And then we have to fast forward maybe into the future so that we can see the dystopian future. And then that begs the question, like, the dystopian future, is that now? Or is that 10, 20 years from now? How does that affect the X-Men and what they look like? And then do you end up with three time periods? Like, the dystopian future that's way in the future? And then, like, you come back to the present time when the movie's all said and done to see how everything turned out when... I got to imagine Jean Grey is back to life, Cyclops is back to life, and Wolverine has his claws to see that. I mean, that's a lot of stuff I, to try um, to shoehorn in there. There's a, at traskindustries.com, there is a timeline. Yeah, I saw that. Which might give us some clues. I'm not really sure. I kind of briefly glanced over it. It said like nine, um, genetic mutations, 1975 to 2032 or something like that. Yeah, I think it goes up to 2020. I thought it was in the 30s, but maybe you're right. Anyways, so um, let's see. The other thing that I was thinking was um, – oh, no, I just lost it. Oh, uh, so, the, you know, I guess I'll be curious how they do this whole storyline because in the comic books, of course, Senator Kelly is the biggest sponsor of this whole mutant uh, hunting machine project, uh, at least further on in the X-Men comics but he's dead how does bishop take place in this that's what i want to know is bishop in this movie yeah well if you remember bishop from the comics he comes from like a sentinel internment camp doesn't he something like that yeah and isn't he like a i don't really i think when they introduced bishop was right about the time i was tuning out of x-men so i thought he was like a student of xavier's but he was hunting mutants maybe well, he's a good guy he's... until he turns into a crazy guy. Does he? Eventually, yeah. He tries to kill Hope Summers. Oh. And that's when he turns essentially bad. Okay. I think a lot of people try to kill Hope Summers, don't they? It is mainly Bishop. Okay. <laughs> Bishop follows Cable and Hope through time. Okay. All over the place. Well, that's That's way beyond anything I've read. I can't wait till we get that as part of our podcast, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> wow, that's like that's that's going to be in uh, outside comics. It's not even in like the main 
comic. So who knows what we'd be doing. We'd have to be reading like cable at that point. So do you have any thoughts, speculations, ideas, comments, concerns? Yes. Next Wolverine movie is going to be called, well, first of all, Sony and uh, Disney are going to come to an agreement and it's going to be called Wolverine versus the Hulk. And it's going to be awesome. That does sound awesome, but I was actually referring to Days of Futures Past. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, okay, so Hulk versus Wolverine. Do they have the guy from the Avengers signed up to play uh, Bruce Banner? Um, in my in my fantasy, Hulk versus Wolverine. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Just two and a half hours of them just beating the hell out of each other. Yeah, with a special guest appearance by Cracker Jack McCracken or whatever his Crack name Jack is. Johnson. <laughs> and, Cracker Jack Jackson, that's what it was. And Wendigo. They can all show up and have a little reunion. Wendigo. All right. So there you go. So really uh, Wolverine versus Hulk is confirmed. Uh, in my brain, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you could make your pitch right now, like, dear. That was that was my prediction. That oh. was my hope, my dream, and my. Well, the way you my, laid it out pitch. with like, oh yeah, Sony and Disney, they're coming. Up. First, I was like, Sony. I don't think that's right because isn't it Fox that has Wolverine right oh, now? Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but the way you said it, you were so sure. Like, yeah, they came to an agreement. They're gonna merge and uh, Hulk and Wolverine. They're gonna they're gonna be in a movie. Well, it was time. my fantasy. <laughs> I see. You should write a letter to the vice president of Hollywood and suggest that dear fox and disney you seem to be having trouble with your wolverine uh uh franchise let me take you back to the roots first of all you have a kind of dwindling hulk franchise on your hands which isn't going anywhere and you've got this wolverine thing which is kind of mediocre well put them together and read these two comic books and take the best parts out it'll be awesome I'll, I'll send them copies of every time that Wolverine has crossed over with the Hulk. That, that's a lot at this point, isn't it? Yeah. Sweet. There's got to be something good in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add to the whole Wolverine movie? Wolverine also needs to be a squeaky teen 19-year-old. <laughs> hey, Bob, I'm going to slice you up because I'm the Wolverine. <laughs> they could do that. That could be like the Wolverine from the 30s or something. Flashback. You butzer. <laughs> nice. All right, then. All right. Uh, is that, you got anything else you want? I have nothing else, Adam. Okay. Uh, until next time, the danger room is closed. What have you been doing for the past 50 years? Do you feel safer? More secure? Because we've spent the last 50 years ensuring your peace of mind. At Trask Industries, we know there's nothing more precious, nothing worth fighting for more than your future. Our future. Here's to the next 50 years. At Trask Industries, we're solving tomorrow's problems today.